Your story is waiting for you today. Your story has something new to say. But your story will only come out to play when you're alone. Alone. Alone in a room with invisible people. The following episode may contain swearing. Alone in a Room with Invisible People is brought to you by hollyswritingclasses.com. If you find value in what we do and you'd like to support the podcast, go to coffee.com. That's K-O hyphen fi.com forward slash alone or you can go to alone with invisible people.com forward slash support us to find out more thank you hi i'm rebecca gallardo the host of alone in a room with invisible people i'm here today with author and teacher holly lyle and today's topic is the much requested how to do an octopus map <laughs> yes 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 we had a lot a lot a lot of requests <laughs> to go over the octopus map and Holly was kind of reticent about it because it's a big topic it's it's kind of a very involved um, thing with the octopus map but she just finally she's like no let's let's just go ahead and do it but before we get yeah. into today's topic let's talk about what we did this week Holly oh okay I got to the th- the first third of the second novel of the Ohio series done first third. I am roughly 30,000 words into the book. Mm. And and that is in spite of having to delete one chapter one day on Thursday, Friday, on Wednesday and then rewrite it on Thursday. <laughs> so so 30,000 words, that's, that's pretty yeah. awesome. <laughs> yes, yeah, so obviously I didn't do that all in one week. That's, you know, I've been working on this for a while now, but yeah. it's coming together really well. I love my characters and, and, and my little lawyer, he broke my heart yesterday. <laughs> oh, he did. I love him so much, and I didn't initially, but no, oh, you didn't. I love him so much. Yeah. Yeah, from what I've read, though, that's definitely one of my favorite, favorite little characters. I don't know why. And I know that it might have changed everything that you wrote because it was the wrong version, but I really liked he him a lot. He stayed the same, so you will still like him. He stayed Good. the same. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was, And that was it for your week? That was it for my week, yes. Okay. Yes. I, well, I did stuff, you know. Yeah. But. <laughs> my week was uh, it, very, very tense, but also very, very rewarding. So I've, I've got the book... Um, done, like all of the friggin' typos, because you know, like I said in last week's, is like one person cannot catch everything, even all the bug hunters individually cannot catch everything. So I printed out the manuscript for like what feels like the hundredth time, and I went through every single page very, very slowly, and I tried to find every single typo, and I swear it was like every other page had a typo or something that I needed to to rewrite or even worse maybe even more than every other page I don't know <laughs> but so I fixed those and I had um our friend Kat do the formatting for me she did an amazing job it's beautiful it's it just oh I love it and then um you gave me the ISBN from from the publishing company from your publishing line which is one right. more word yeah. And then I created a logo, which was I'm really proud of. It was a lot of fun to to, to just kind of like sketch out. And I, I copied the basic form of the infamous um, walking 
Sasquatch, but right. I gave him some fur and then I put in a ghost and it's Fulton County Books. So that logo was created and put into the book and the book is now sitting in Amazon awaiting publication on a certain date. Ha ha ha. Yes. I am so excited. So, yes, me too. I'm very, very I happy. I am so frustrated that I can't buy it because if I do, I will absolutely screw up your also reds. Yeah. Yeah. So if there's oh. anybody out there um, that is interested, uh, just please, please consider waiting a while um, mm. to purchase it or just like maybe I can put it up in my no because it's going to be no. Yeah. Kindle <laughs> specific. Yeah. So I can't even do anything. I just I would ask, please make sure that you're. Your also reds are um, specifically paranormal in nature, paranormal yeah. cryptid, uh, paranormal urban fantasy, that sort of thing. Because, yeah, I really want this to do well. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's not a huge deal if it doesn't because it is the first time novel for me. But I would like to give it as much of, of a support as possible Yeah. with you know, the algorithms, but, um, yeah, so I've, I've finally done it. I finally put something up <laughs> under my own name in the Fulton Hills world, which is huge. And I've been super stressed, you know, for the last week. Yeah. And it's even today yeah. is like very stressful. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, and just wait. And when it goes live, that's super, super stressful too. Well, I've had stuff <laughs> out before, but I've never had stuff that I cared so much about. And that's what makes it stressful. <laughs> yeah. Like I liked yeah. all my other stuff, but this is, there's so much of me in it that it's just like, I thought it would be a happy moment, but so far it's just been for the most part, very, very stressful. <laughs> Angst, angst, sturm and drang, yes. No, it's just <laughs> stress, just anxiety. Luckily, yeah. I haven't had any angst. I, I think I left most of that back in my teenage years. But Wow, wow, that's, I'm envious. I still yeah. have angst. Oh, it's, it's, well, I mean, I don't know uh -huh. yet because I haven't had any reviews or anything, but so far it's just anxiety. <laughs> and blood pressure rising, I think. Oh. Um, so that leads us into our announcement before the octopus map. And this is, this is, this, you know, there's no happy way to really put a spin on this. But, um, yeah, Holly. Yeah, this is, you write, and you write for more than half your life. And <laughs> all of a sudden, it dawns on you, uh, or in this case, it dawned on me, that I'm going to be 60 next month. And I have not accomplished everything in fiction that I want to accomplish. I'm not even close. Um, I have so many books I want to write. And I have this, um, you know, visibly decreasing line of time in which to do it. And, you know, even if I live as long as my great grandmother, even, you know, that was, who was about 103, um, there's, there are just no guarantees. Yeah. And this is one of the, the, the podcast, while I have loved doing it, uh, and I, I think people have found it fun and helpful. 
uh, it is a massive mental drain. It requires a huge amount of my time and focus, even more of Becky's, but still a, a huge amount of my time to figure out um, how to present what I want to present. And, and sometimes I need to, to do the physical work, like today with the octopus. The well, the, that, that one you used an older one, but a lot of the time it does take you a while to create these things that... Oh, well, I built a new worksheet today. <laughs> oh, I thought, I thought you said you used the long view stuff uh, the the long view map i used but i had to build a new worksheet oh, for okay. people <laughs> oh, so, oh okay i got yes. you i didn't even so, didn't even use that i used the old one <laughs> yeah but so yeah this yeah episode it's has, you creating uh, worksheets you you filling out you creating the the stories that you've done and us sitting right. here and trying to figure stuff out it is a lot of work it is it is and and um I am learning that the thing that you want the most in life has to be the thing you pursue the most. And I have spent years focusing more on nonfiction than on fiction. And my classes are still going to be available. They're still going to be there. But my focus now needs to be on my fiction. And uh, so, you know, with that, uh, I'm going to hand it off to you. <laughs> yeah, we... The, the issue here for me is that this podcast, while it, there is a selfish nature in, in me doing it, because that means that I get to um, work with my mom and I also get to try to help her create a future for herself. But without her being a part of the podcast, because she doesn't, you know, she it, it is a drain on her time where she could be spending all of this time that we spend doing fiction. Uh, without her, I have no motivation to continue doing the podcast. It was, it was always just about helping her, introducing her to, to new people that had not seen her classes before, because it's she was doing really well until the boom of social media and social media became this, this marketing tactic. Yeah, and. Then it was like, okay, well, how do we introduce you to new people? How do we help new people? And the podcast that, but without her, I don't have a motivation to continue. Now I'm always motivated to help people. I have a, a weekly kind of writers group with a friend of mine who we do kind of <laughs> talk about other things a lot of the time, but it started off meaning to be a writers group. <laughs> like I, I love the idea of helping people. But I have searched my brain trying to find a way to continue doing this podcast without Holly. And I just don't have the motivation. I myself am 37 years old and have just finally released something under my own name. Finally released something within a world of Fulton Hills that I have been wanting to write since I was 19. And this book took over a year to write because of how much time the podcast takes. Explain how much time the podcast takes. I think they've heard like before yeah. how many, because it's, it's a, a part-time job to a full-time job every, every week. week, not yeah. including the Halloween episodes, which is like two full-time jobs. <laughs> because, yeah. because I literally, other than mom and Mark reading... Uh, like a third of the stories each. Mm -hmm. um, 
I'm doing everything else. And that's including reading, sending back stuff. Uh, Handling with, the with, contracts. Yeah. 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 And then separating the things and then editing all of mom's stuff, uh, my stuff. Mark's comes in edited already adding the music but I have to find the music that fits I have to find the way to put all of them together so it's I know I've talked about this before but it is a massive amount of work and my motivation has always been I get to work with my mom and I get to help her find new people you know we help new people and then new people also buy your classes which helps you but if you're wanting to step away from the nonfiction. And yeah. head back into pure fiction. You know, leave the classes yeah. up. The classes are wonderful. Everybody can still use them. But Holly wants to focus on her not on her fiction. And I support her 100%. Absolutely without question. So if that's what she wants, then that's what she's going to do. And I, I would love... The idea of continuing the Halloween episodes every year, that would be kind of neat. Yeah, it would be. But without a podcast on a regular basis, it, it seems like, well, you know, why would anybody want right. to submit to something that's just Halloween stories? Yeah. But yeah, I think that this is going to probably just be the end of the podcast. We are going to do uh, the last few episodes until the Halloween episodes, mm -hmm. and we are still doing the Halloween episodes. Yes. But after that, I believe that that is going to wrap up and, and, and be the end of the podcast. But I don't want you guys to be too mad or too upset. I, I just, I can't control how you feel. You, a lot of people, you know, your initial reaction, even you can't control. But I just ask for your support for Holly because... A lot of you are very young, and you, even I don't understand what it's like to be facing 60. I know what it's like to be facing 40 and have no kids, but it's different than 60 and realizing that you're on the other side of life and you have... Yeah, you're way past half. <laughs> you, are, you are, no matter how much time you have left, you are already way past half. Yeah. And you, you cannot look at that the same way as you did when you were 30 and thinking, man, I've got ages in which to do this. We're, or, you know, 24, which is when I started. Mm -hmm. um, and when I started seriously writing. It's 60. 60 is a big, big damn number. And you think, okay, well, <laughs> I don't know how long I've got left, but I know I have a hell of a lot of fiction I still want to write. And I want to get as much of it done as I can in the time I've got. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, please just be supportive. Please understand that Holly has had a very, very rough life, you know? <laughs> she She's she's had it's enough shit. Interesting. Thrown, yeah, thrown <laughs> her way. And she deserves to be able to do whatever it is that she wants to do. And if she wants to write nothing but fiction I am supporting her 100% and that's just what's going to happen so um we we do really honestly we love you guys that's why partly why we're doing the octopus map as well because it's yep. something that has been requested so many times and we want we want to at least end with a whole bunch of really helpful stuff that you guys have have been wanting to you know have us cover yeah. and then of course the Halloween episodes which 
It's just my favorite. I love doing them. So I do too. I if do you guys too. have any questions, uh, any anything at all, any comments, just find the octopus map episode, mm-hmm. you know, thread in the forum, and go ahead and comment and everything. Um, we've already discussed, you know, shorter episodes. It's not going to happen. Holly just wants, <laughs> yeah. you know, 100% to, to be able to walk away and just do fiction. She doesn't want to do nonfiction anymore. Yeah. So, you know, there's there's no option of her continuing this. But if you have any comments or anything, please just leave them in the, in the, the thread and we will see them. So we are going to move on to the octopus map. Okay. Um, this, as Becky said, this is a much, much requested episode. And this is how you build the background for a series if you don't want it to wander off track. And for those of us who have done series that have wandered badly off track, uh, who would have paid for this technique back before I, I invented it, um, I, I, had, I had a number of series that just went apeshit on me, <laughs> uh, that just drifted far, far from where I thought they were going. Um, this is how you don't do that. Uh, it is a very simple technique. Uh, it requires, uh, we have a worksheet set up for you. Um, in this episode, we'll have the episode uh, linked for the folks who get the newsletter. And uh, it's, you just go in and you get the worksheet and you download it into PDF. And it has some instructions. But we're going to give you the instructions here too. Uh, and yeah, then we're going to demo. That's, that's one of the things that I've I've had issues with is, is following you. I'm one of those people that half the time or maybe just a third of the time I have issues understanding you. I have great reader comprehension for the most part, but when it comes to following your instructions, sometimes I get lost, like the dot and the line and all this stuff. So I have to go into the forums and be like, can somebody else like tell me how you handled this? And that's the the great thing about the forums is if there's something that you feel lost on that you're just not getting, you can do that because... Like Holly says, no, nobody thinks the same exact right. way. Right. And I have had to have her walk me through the octopus map like three times. <laughs> well, <laughs> but I issue... did remember. I finally did get it. So yeah. The issue is that we all have to build our own brains from scratch. And no, yeah. no two people build them the same. So there is no one way you can demonstrate something that will work for everybody because everybody yes. built their own brain and none of them built it like you did. So, yes. um, yeah. That is the origin of the phrase, there is no one true way to do anything. Yeah, um, so if you do have any questions or anything about this, you don't understand stuff, just go into, again, the forum talk of octopus map and be like, hey, I didn't understand this part of what they were saying. I have the downloads. Can somebody help me out? And hopefully, you know, I'll be in there. Other people will be in there. The mods, you know, they, they can probably help. Yes, many of them have used this technique, many. So this is, there are a lot of different angles already, a lot of different brains coming at this from a lot of different directions, and somebody will be able to help you figure this out. Yes. Okay. Um, So what this is, is this is a diagram that has a circle in the center and then um, six 
because the page is simply not big enough for eight, six octopus legs, which is generally enough unless you are writing a mammoth, mammoth series, in which case you can hand draw it, you can add a couple of extra legs. I seriously recommend that you do not go beyond eight because the more legs you add, the more stuff you can go off tangent on and the more you can really screw up your series. Um, if you can narrow it down to six and do one core and then six legs, you will end up with a much tighter series. And the example of that is my Longview Chronicles, which I did as a demo of this for the How to Write a Series class, where I wrote these stories specifically for the class, and they were supposed to be short stories, and the first two were, were short stories, the second two were novellas, and the third two were novels, <laughs> were full-length novels, um, because it, it just got deeper, and the world just got richer on me, and I just fell in love with the damn thing. So yeah, now massive ones would be more like Tolkien or um, George R. R. Martin, and then oh yeah, I I don't even want to know how the Discworld dude would have oh have Terry Pratchett with an, yeah Terry yeah. Pratchett would have tracked with an octopus map that just yeah well he actually his would have been pretty simple it was tight he had he had his different little groups of people he had the oh one but it world. was yeah but the way the octopus map works it it would ca cover all the types of people that were in his books. Yeah, but that's that's okay because they would yeah. they would have broken up not into races or species, but into interests. Yeah. And yeah, he could have he could have nailed it with an octopus map. And the the, the central premise of the map, the a turtle the a world floating on the back of a turtle floating on the back of four elephants, a flat world, um, mm -hmm. was just freaking brilliant. And so so okay with that, let's go ahead and jump into this. Um, I am going to demonstrate what we've got with my uh, Longview Chronicles map, which is actually part of the class. Um, and you start in the center with the concept of your world. And this has to be short. Um, do you want to start with yours first? Um, no, because I might, you might need to help correct mine. So why oh. don't we start with yours and then you can kind of help me if I did get something wrong. Okay. So and and also I did leave I intentionally left a couple of areas empty so that we could kind of go over, you know, like what the different avenues could possibly be for the big obstacle and then the action. Awesome. So, yeah. Awesome. Okay. So, when you start with the center, you are starting with a useful description of your world. Um the, it, and this is your primary conflict generator. Your world, your setting, is in all fiction the primary conflict generator. Mine is a mysterious ancient spaceship transporting freedom and rebellion while disguised as its opposite. Okay, that has the conflict baked right in there. Okay, it is appearing to be one thing while doing another. It is a spaceship. And it is transporting freedom and rebellion, rebellion to worlds that hold slaves while pretending to be a slave ship, um, a, a ship that buys slaves and then sells them off to um, auctions where they are used as, as more slaves 
or where they are used as gladiators or put to death uh, in public executions or a bunch of different things. Um, but that is, that is the world right there. The world is the spaceship. Now, they go to other planets, but the conflict generator is the spaceship itself, which is named the Longview. Okay, what's yours? Now, I, I read it differently because I didn't see anything about a world. I saw story core. Okay. Like that was what you were supposed to come up with according to the the stuff within the um, how to write a series class. Uh-huh. So I wrote teenage ghost hunters learn magic and fight ghosts while trying to navigate high school. Okay. That works too. That's... Yeah, that's it covers the world which is obviously paranormal as well as high school. Yeah. Well, <laughs> which gave me accidental buffy vibes, which I did not mean to do. <laughs> It gave you accidental what vibes? Buffy. Buffy. Okay. Buffy the Vampire. Yes. Okay. Buffy the Vampire. Yes. Um, yes. Okay. Um, with that, you have you have included one of your classes of people, um, which would be your teenage, what were they? Ghost hunters. Ghost hunters. Okay. Um, yeah. So I, I can take that out because that's actually one of the one of the people that I put down in the in the bottom as well. Mm -hmm. So I, I guess it would be. I don't know how to to put in that this is this is a high school. There you go. Start with that. This is but, a high school, but it's not just a high school. It's it's the whole point of the story would be the teenagers that are ghost hunters learning to they don't know anything about the ghosts, but they're trying and then also they have to navigate high school life. Right? Okay, but the the core of this is going to be a high school where Ghosts are prevalent. Um, no, where... the high school doesn't have any of the ghosts. It's okay. just that's where they meet the people. Okay, that's okay. A high school okay. where okay, a high school. Let's let's figure this out. Let's let's bounce it back and forth a little bit because you want this to be the place. It's going to be. Is it all going to be set in the high school? No, it's okay. just that's where that's it's like half in the high school because they your still ship. have to. Yeah, it's basically I, yeah, your I spaceship. Guess. So, I guess, okay, yeah. a high school in in which knowledge of ghosts is real, but no. See, that's the problem. Is there's a lot of the people that don't believe in this. That's shit. fine. So that's a separate okay. group. Okay, or a high school in a world where ghosts are are they real and threatening? Are they real and friendly? Well, I'm writing a high school acts as a intermediate. No. Um, Intermediary? Okay, so I'm going to use some terminology from the Fulton Hills world, but I've got a high school axe as a meeting ground for the shadowed and the Pontac one. Nice. So the shadowed is just people who have dealt with ghosts and stuff before. The Pontac one is basically a no-ho term for uh, foggy-eyed vision or intentional blindness. And there you have your conflict right there. Yeah. The people who, who know it's real and the people who are are intentionally avoiding seeing the reality yes okay that's good okay so the next thing i go to is the first leg where you have three let me see i'm gonna need the, the sheet here. yeah there's three and it's on the bottom left right it's the leg on the bottom left and the mine is the leg on the top right oh geez <laughs> doesn't see, matter i followed i it, followed the yeah, yeah but it, i guess yeah yeah, it genuinely does not matter which leg you use. You can you can start on any leg 
but the thing that you want to do first is you want to create the people who are going to be um, part of your protagonists, okay? Uh, because you're going to have you're going to have several different kinds of protagonists, and then you're going to have several different kinds of antagonists, and each one of these groups gets a leg, and then it gets the kind of of problem that they face, and then it gets the objective of that group of people. So with mine, I start with a cargo of human criminals, some innocent of any crime, because a lot of things can be criminalized uh, if you are an all-powerful world with that, that thinks slavery is okay. So you can, and if your objective is to have more slaves, because, you know, obviously you don't have to pay them, then you make lots of things crimes. So, uh, and that's where the very first story starts out, actually, in, in this thing, is with someone who is uh, convicted of the crime of love. Um, so, all of these people are sentenced to deaths mandated by contract. That's their obstacle, <laughs> is that they have a death sentence sitting on their heads. Okay, so that's the second little circle on the octopus yeah. leg. So you create the person, mm -hmm. and then the, the so like this it's is a, a group type, of people. Yeah, yeah. A, a you, type. You of people. create a type of character, then you create their great obstacle. I mm -hmm. believe is how you have written it. Yes. And then after you create that obstacle, then you create their desired outcome. Okay, and the desired outcome here is who must transform if they hope to survive. Okay, so then the question there is, how can a cargo of human criminals, some innocent of any crime, who are all sentenced to deaths mandated by contract, going to be able to transform or survive? Okay, so the paperwork in your class was very different. It didn't say anything about a desired outcome. It said a critical action. That's a critical action too, transformation. It's the same thing. Okay, well, it just, it seems to me like that's two very different things. Like, a critical action is not the same as a desired outcome, so my stuff is going to be a little bit different than That's yours. okay. Go ahead and read yours, and we'll look through what you got. Okay. Okay, so my, my first type of character is shadowed teenagers trying to solve paranormal cases. Okay. That's my, my main group of people. That's an excellent group. Um, their obstacle is dealing with... The Pontac Wind, which is the foggy-eyed, you know, the, mm -hmm. the intentional ignorance. Um, peers who they are trying to hide the truth from. So they might run into a case here or there in school, and they're kind of desperately trying to keep the the what they're doing quiet. Because, right. you know, it's high school. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so they're action or whatever desired outcome or it's they must constantly come up with reasons or excuses as to the things they are doing while saving people from the paranormal right so and that's you nailed it it's for, for the for the action for the critical action it covers not a desired outcome because obviously they would want to to be able to like 
save people. You know, mm -hmm. they would they would just want to be able to solve all of the cases. Read the second part of your statement there. Well, read the whole thing through and, and stop in the middle. You've got a comma in there, I think. Uh, they must consistently come up with reasons or excuses as to the things they are doing. Okay, that's an action. Go ahead. Yeah, and then while saving people from the paranormal. That's the desired outcome. Yeah, I just don't know if I have all of them like that's that. Fine. Okay. That's fine. It's okay, an action cool. and a desired outcome. So you've got it. Okay. okay. Now, my second group of people is actually not a group. It is one single character. It is the dangerous owner with a well-earned grudge. And this character is central to the entire series, first episode to last. Uh, the lap last episode, I think, is actually the owner's tale. Um, I might have titled it something different, and I don't have the titles in front of me right now, but um, this character is the reason the entire series exists, start to finish, but you don't even see the character in the first couple of episodes. You see hints and surrounding things about the character, but because I had this in there as my second thing, I knew where the series was going, and I had this line that carried me from knowing that I had to have stuff, secrets, about this character in the first and second episodes that when the, I introduced the character in, I think, the third, maybe the fourth, as an actual person, um... I already had this other stuff built in there because I knew it was coming because of this thing. Okay, so um, that was my character. That was my character group. Okay, so what is yours for the next one? Well, you went through all three oh, the did last I? time. Okay, well, let's yeah. just do that then. Okay, um, so my second group here, my conflict, is waging a secret war against oppression of individuals. Okay, so now remember, this character has a well-earned grudge. So you have to assume that this character went through some shit before becoming the person that he is. Um, waging a secret war against the oppression, uh, oppression of individuals. We can assume that that is the, the character's um, big grudge. <laughs> uh, obsessed with, the, the final thing here is my, my conflict and desired outcome. Obsessed with and working for a dream of a free universe. So this one person is trying not to save the world, but trying to save the universe. Yeah, that's, that's, a, a, that's a big order. That's a big order. Yeah, that's yeah. a tall goal. Okay. Um, this is one of the ones where I went ahead and left two blank. Okay. Um, the Pontac one who becomes shadowed teens, kids, and sometimes parents. So that's my type of person. So it's, it's like the first one is the type of character. The second one is the uh, big conflict. The, the obstacle they have to overcome. The obstacle. That's, yeah. that's the word I was thinking of. And then the third one is the conflict or the action and desired outcome. Yeah. So the Pontac one who becomes shadowed teens, kids, and sometimes parents. So like, that's why I'm saying like, that the high school is just a setting because this is a lot of times where they might overhear something weird going on, some gossipy thing, and then they will investigate. So sometimes it's the kids, you know, like the little brothers or sisters. Sometimes it's the kids of a teacher. Sometimes it might be a teacher. Sometimes it might be a parent, something like that. I just think that that would be really cool. Mm -hmm. So then they have to investigate. But I don't really 
I left this one kind of open because I thought it would be neat to to throw some some of the uh, obstacles yeah. in there. Okay, so what right off the top of your head, list four or five things that are the worst things that could happen to these guys. To the Pontac one? Yeah. Um, well, death. Okay. <laughs> uh, but it could be the loss of jobs. It could be their kids taken away from them if they're the parents. Um, if they're kids, it could just be, depending on the age of the kids. I mean, you're looking at some, some kids that are so young, they don't understand what's going on in the first place. Mm-hmm. So maybe they could be sent to, um, you know, psychiatric help mm-hmm. or they, they, there's also, after you reach a certain age, it's usually about preteen up, there is this very clear divide between the the status quo and the secret, but not so secret, shadowed life. Yeah. So, so what they're doing is they are facing the threat of having their normal lives destroyed. Yeah. But that, that could just be what the... the obstacle is yeah is just yeah, okay that's, yeah I, that's you know i'll put facing the threat of exposure and because exposure is part of it too yeah. exposure yeah and they're normal okay so then the the best outcome seems to be pretty clear it's like get rid of the paranormal <laughs> <laughs> Well, since that's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, eventually that's the ideal goal, right? Is that the, the desired outcome would be that the paranormal thing just goes away. That might be their goal, but can they make it happen? Uh, the teenagers, the, the, the teenagers who solve the paranormal cases, mm-hmm. their goal is to basically... It's it's like eradicating a ghost. It's it's so obviously sometimes you can't just get rid of a ghost. If anybody has read the story Good Bones, um, that gives a really cool example of uh, different outcomes in one <laughs> I story. Love that story, uh, yeah, and it's it's free. It's a free story. Um, ah man, it's hard to send. You can go to RebeccaGallardo.com and. Uh, join the mailing list, but if you're not interested in that kind of, of stuff, I would say don't do that. Yeah, yeah, seriously, just to help her keep her list clean and to help her have people show up to buy the book uh, when it comes out so that it won't just absolutely destroy her also reads. Don't go to it if you don't actually like this kind of stuff, please. Yeah, yeah. If paranormal is your thing, if paranormal fantasy, urban fantasy, magic is your thing, then yeah, definitely you can go join if you want and get the Good Bones. But Good Bones was also something that we were giving away for uh, the first few months of of the podcast just so that we could uh, have people go in and and give us reviews of the podcast just you know kind of help us get up in the ranks Mm -hmm. Um, but it definitely showed that there were different outcomes so I guess the the desired outcome in action would be just I don't know what else they would want they would want their lives to go back to normal right right so they want to um, cover up maybe, or destroy whatever it is that's threatening them. 
Yeah, I so could they're say the, they were, they're your antagonist group. Yeah, I would say. Well, yeah, because the thing is, the the teens have to win them over. They and they don't want necessarily to destroy because it's not always ghosts. Sometimes it's just very weird things. So they're they want to save whatever it is that is causing this trouble and move it along into the appropriate place. Whether it's a ghost and they're trying to get them to go on to the next phase of existence, mm-hmm. or if it's a cryptid and they want to move it back to its home, but the Pontac one just want everything just gone. So I could see um, they want just to destroy it or um, pretend it doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, if it's going to threaten their livelihoods because they know about it and they don't want to, they don't want to know about it. I think. I think destruction or destruction of the people who are are on the opposite side of them, you know, the people who are keep bringing this shit up, uh, you know, by by hitting them first might also be a thing that that they might react with. Okay, so I'm putting destruction of the supernatural or anything that ties it to them. Yeah. Anything or anyone. Yeah, anyone. Okay. All right. Um, now, my third is still a set of protagonists. Um, I did three sets of protagonists. Uh, actually, I have more than that. I just have one. I have five sets of protagonists, and then I have one set of antagonists. But they're really, really bad. So, yeah. okay. So the next in this ship is my crew of battled misfits escaped from private hells. And these are almost exclusively people who were rescued from being slaves. Um, they have they have lived absolutely horrible lives. They have been brought in. Uh, the owner of the ship has given them jobs, has given them chances, has given them uh, a weight of false names, has given them all of this stuff. Um, they are blind to the nature of the ship and the owner. They do not know the actual purpose of the ship. Um, so the, this is what they are doing is a secret to them. They are only privy to very tiny pieces of what's going on. And some of them are pretty smart people who start twigging to what's, what's actually happening as we go through the series. Because you know bright people yeah um, yeah but that the that is the conflict is that they are blind to the true nature of the ship and the owner um and then the thing here is that they are working jobs they misunderstand while hiding secrets of their own because all of them have been rescued from private hells all of them have lived these horrible lives before escaping and being given an opportunity to have have their pasts erased the records of them erased have be given new identities and so they have a lot to lose as well as a lot to gain okay yeah okay um this is another one where i left too so um the next group of people the next type of character are the pontac when who in general despise the shadowed 
and do not believe in it at all. These are the guys that will see a ghost in their house, you know, full on, full body apparition ray, and just say they must have accidentally taken taken acid. I mean, these are the people <laughs> that will make up any excuse whatsoever to ignore the obvious paranormal. Okay, the intentionally oblivious. What I believe my husband would most likely be. <laughs> nope, it didn't happen. I didn't see it. Yeah, he's, he tells me he has to see <laughs> stuff to believe it. I'm pretty sure. He, and he also says, we're not going to be like these idiots in these movies that we watch all the time. If there's a ghost, we're going to leave the house. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm right there with him. I'm and not. That... I just like, there's a ghost. I want to talk to it. I want to figure out if it's evil. Yeah, we'll, we'll make it go away. But yeah, but, yeah, but he, pretty sure he would say, uh, what did you put in my food puppet? <laughs> <laughs> so the obstacle for, no. Yeah, the first thing is mm -hmm. their biggest obstacle. I would say it's just the paranormal. The yeah, reality. Like, yeah, their reality. <laughs> they live in Fulton Hills. So I'm putting that in here. They live in <laughs> Fulton Hills. It's it's a world full of paranormal, full of cryptids, full of magic. And they don't believe yeah. in any of that. You know, they... they Fulton Hills has its little palm readers, its fortune tellers for the, for the touristy areas. But then it's also, you know, <laughs> it has the real people. It's got the the the, the fifty foot marshmallow man walking around. <laughs> it's also hard to ignore that. Yes, yes, uh, um, honey. I hit a great big thing with my car. Um, yeah. I'm gonna be so, late for dinner. <laughs> yeah. So it doesn't really have the marshmallow men, guys. But that was just, you know. Um, so they live in Fulton Hills. That's that's just the obstacle. I don't, yeah. you know. And as far as their action and desired outcome, it would it would be to rationalize literally anything that is irrational. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to just to just make their blinders bulletproof. And I just I I thought of these, but I thought maybe you know. If you wanted to throw something else in there, but I think that this one is pretty that obvious. Solid man, that yeah. one is solid because they they are their failure to do that is going to be a huge conflict. Yeah, or even the them running into people that you know, like, are you serious? You just saw that glass pick itself up and throw it into the wall, and <laughs> and you're gonna say. You're going to try to rationalize that. Yeah, that you're going to say that didn't happen, huh? Mm, okay. <laughs> All right. So that's that's that okay. character. Okay. Now uh, I go to my fourth set of protagonists. They are escaped slaves and sur serfs of every sort. Their obstacle is that they are hunted by implacable and all-seeing governments. I mean, these guys have been chipped. They have been um, tagged. They have been um, body scanned. They have. They, they are known to the people who owned them. And there is a, a galaxy-wide um, way of communicating that can present this information about them across the entire place where everybody lives um, inst almost instantly, you know, it's, there's, uh, the space folding 
technology is quick, but it's not absolutely instantaneous. So, um, so if you are that person and you have been chipped and cataloged and blood tested and, and face profiled and you have a problem, um, and they are hunted by the implacable and all seeing governments, that's the problem. Okay. And they're outcome their obstacle is they must nevertheless hide or die that's their two options they can either find a way to hide or they can die and the they are when they find their way to this mysterious spaceship you know the central world thing that's where that starts happening but let's just say hiding starts happening yeah that's that's part of what the uh the spaceship does is it helps this specific group of people okay so my my next one was um the type of characters the hero now i don't know if i wanted to change up the hero for every book or if i always wanted it to be the same main protagonist but i kind of liked the idea of since it's a group of teenagers each one gets like you know, a book and then we cycle through them and then it starts over again or something like that. That would be a fun series. Yeah. So, so it's one of the teens, um, in this, this like kind of tightly packed group of, you know, like-minded individuals that, that still have their own personal conflicts with each other and stuff like that. Cause they're teenagers. <laughs> okay. So that would be like your POV character who is a member of this secret group is it a secret group or is it a yeah it's a secret group because they're teenagers they also tend not to let their parents know it's because they're teenagers okay (laughs) so so a lot of this is you're gonna get the angst you're gonna get the hormones you're gonna get but it's it's also high school which is very difficult for a lot of people and then throw that what I was going to say, I thought high school was difficult for everybody, but I was always an outsider, so there were probably people for whom it was a breeze. (laughs) Yeah, like, personally, I loved high school. Um, I wasn't popular by any means, but I knew people of all... I knew a lot of the popular kids. I knew a lot of the uh, smoke-behind-the-bleachers kids. I knew a lot of people. I, I actually liked the year and a half I spent in high school before we started homeschooling, so... Um, but I know that that is very rare. A lot of people have a very difficult time in high school. And I, I think that these, these people would, especially with the fact that they're also trying to solve crimes and keep their GPAs up, it's, it's a fun mix of all sorts of conflicts. Yeah. I think I, I love the, I love the idea of a different member of the group, you know, heralding us through each story. Yeah, I think that's cool because as you get to know each of those different kids, you just get a much richer view of of them as a whole, along yes. with getting to see all of them in the book anyway. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That would and be a I fun just, series. Exactly. I thought it would be neat, and it's just you you would get this this point of view of of somebody who has been in four books and and seen a certain way and then there's this incredible depth to them that nobody else in the group knows about you know that sort of thing mm-hmm. so then their obstacle is every time is absolutely they are lost to how to approach and solve the cases because they are 
building their own knowledge. You know, they're essentially kids. They're teenagers, but they're still kind of kids. And they're in high school, and their main focus is their schooling. They still have to keep up their GPAs. They still (laughs) have to do the homework and deal with their parents and do their freaking stupid chores and yada, yada, yada. They still have all the hormones and the boyfriends and the girlfriends. And then on top of that, they're trying to solve all of these paranormal mysteries. Yeah. And they don't have the knowledge. They Now, one of them will have contacts with a paranormal group that, you know, she dealt with at one point. But she can't just call them up every single time and be like, hey, what is this thing? Right. Right. This is this is them having to figure it out on their own. That's yes. good. Yeah. So I, I left the outcome empty for that one because, I mean, obviously the desired outcome would be to solve all the cases. Mm-hmm. Um, and the final action would be to to study and learn and solve the case. Mm-hmm. But I but, thought maybe was there something else. But possibly there might be some that they can't solve. Yes. Um, so they, they struggle to solve each case while, um, <laughs> while, while surviving and navigating the, the, the difficulties of high school. Yeah, that, that was the original, like, thing I had in the middle section, in the yeah. world section, was, was these guys are still struggling, but you said it's a, the desired outcome as well, so. Yeah. How would I... So, struggle to solve each case. Sometimes failing and sometimes succeeding. Yeah. And a failure from one of the books might be something that comes back in a later book. Yeah. And then... I've I've got one in there that's going to be kind of a long-term uh, situation <laughs> yeah. that, that they end up... Um, Maybe being able to solve, but I'm I'm not really sure. I have a very satisfying unsolved way to do it, and I think that that would be kind of neat. But you know, that's just it, you, you you think these things, and then you write, and then it turns out very differently. So <laughs> you can't get too attached to something. Right, right, and this is uh, that's a very good point to hear. Is that this is a conceptual map. Uh, the octopus map is a conceptual map. It is you thinking your way through possibilities for stories yeah. and for series episodes. And shit changes. So yeah. you want, if you build a solid map and you have some really good conflicts in there, you will be able to navigate the shit that changes because it's all going to be small stuff. If you haven't thought this through well, um, the series can run way aground because you can start chasing a lot of things that are not in that central core of, of what is this series really about. Um, and and um, speaking from someone who wrote series without an octopus map, uh, it is very, very easy to run aground. <laughs> yeah, and- the, the, the whole point of the octopus map in the first place is to... Write down the core of what you want your series to be. Every single book, it's what do I want to include, in, at least in some small fashion, every, in every single solitary book. Like right. for my 
my Fulton Hills main story stuff that I'm working on now, the NoHo and the Yak Taknuk, my indigenous people, they are on the, the map, mm-hmm. on the octopus map, but they're not always a central feature of the books. Right. So that is something that is included on the octopus map, but it's not something that is going to be the main focus. And it doesn't have to be in every episode. The stuff in the legs, you mm-hmm. don't have to hit in every single episode. Um, like I said, my, my main character didn't even show up in person for, I think, two stories. Uh, maybe Maybe three. So, but if you know it has to be in there, you can be building toward it and putting yeah. little pieces in while you're working towards this episode where you start bringing in the really big stuff. Um, okay, so... We have two more left. Yes, we do. And my next group is creators, innovators, philosophers, and warriors. These are people who exist anywhere in this story universe. They are not slaves. They are not captives. And frequently, they're not even on the ship when it starts. They are hidden in a fragile world susceptible to betrayal. Oh, okay. Well, these ones actually are. Um, Okay. And they are building and exporting rebellion to the worlds which need it most. Um, Okay. So these are a specific group of creators, innovators, philosophers, and warriors. Um, that is that is the people I'm writing about uh, in some of the stories, and uh, there is a certain recruitment process on the ship for getting some of these people. Um, and they are hidden in a fragile world susceptible to betrayal. That is a huge obstacle because it is also susceptible to destruction if it is betrayed. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they are building and exporting rebellion to the worlds which need it most, which makes them a high-value target of the people who want to maintain slavery. Yeah. And just so if anybody is interested to see how this octopus map of Holly's came out, I will link the Longview Chronicles in the show notes. So if you're interested, you can you can buy just the individual episodes or you can buy the Longview Chronicles itself which is all of them it's and I'm not going to significant money saver <laughs> yeah yeah there's a discount that's why I was going to say I'm not going to put list each one individually mm-hmm. if you really want you can just look up Holly Lyle just uh I will put the Longview Chronicles up there so you can see how this octopus map uh unfolded within the fiction itself right uh so my next group is the supernatural element not always evil but always dangerous Nice. Nice. That that brings in a very nice conflict right right there in the very first thing with the mention of always dangerous. I love yes. that. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh so their their main obstacle for them is the main goal is always to survive and stay elusive, hidden and carry out its tasks, whatever tasks it might be. Mm-hmm. Um because, you know, ghosts if they're still here, they have an object of, uh, you know, obsession or uh, something they feel they have to obtain and or uh, do before Mm -hmm. they can leave, even though they might not even know they need to leave. And then the desired outcome and or action, all actions further 
confuse the young investigators working the case. Now, I didn't think that that really fit. I don't, because that, that, that would be their action is just to confuse the people that are trying to suss them out. Mm-hmm. But could they ever, could there ever be times when these young investigators could become allies though? Because. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, then that's the thing is like, mm-hmm. that's what puts them against the, the Pontec one who often either become shadowed the, uh, which is the antagonist or the Pontec one who in general despise the shadowed, which are the, uh, villains for the most part. Um, yeah, so they so just you... want to get rid of the paranormal, period. Right. And the kids aren't always, they're looking for the best possible outcome for all sides. Right. They're not destructive. They are <clears throat> sort of allied. They're, so so their, their thing would be more to aid or not, not destroy. What was, the, what was the word you used? Well, I, I mean, this is, this is the, the supernatural element. So the, the, the goal for them would just be to confuse the paranormal investigators so that they can continue to survive. That's well, maybe, what they want. But could they, but what about the ones that might be able to actually seek help from them? They don't know that they can seek help. Oh, that's, that's the thing is a lot of times it it might be a cryptid that, that can't think it's, it's, it's not sentient. So it's just about surviving. If it is a, um, residual imprint of a ghost, it it doesn't even know that they're there. So if it's a regular, like an intelligent form of ghost, then it's going to see them as as an obstacle that they, they aren't necessary that some of them might be able to say, you know, can, can you help that they, they might be able to communicate that they need help, mm-hmm. but it's such a wide mix of characters. Right. That's why I'm saying, why don't we try and see if we can make this last thing a little broader? Yeah. Yeah. We can make it more broad. Uh, but I've got all actions further confuse the young investigators working the case. Um, okay. but we can completely rewrite that. Okay, well, I don't even think, because you want to save that. You want to save the part about confusing. To, to ally with, to, to seek help from, or to confuse. Okay. So then that allows you that option every single time you're going in and writing a different story. You have that down on your map as well. I can do all of these different things. Yeah. Um, okay, so all actions further confuse the young investigators working the case or create an ally of or and there might be evil so Mm -hmm. or attempt to destroy there you go yeah okay cool so now we have one left one left and now this is my bad guys these are slave owners and governments that's that's the group and now it's not all it's not all governments, but it is slave of overs and governments who, this is the second circle now, claiming oppression as their right and mandate. They are saying we have the right to own people. And so that's the specific, the slave owners, obviously all of them, and then governments that claim oppression as their right and mandate. Okay. And they are fighting with all the tools in their vast arsenal to maintain the status quo because they have a lot to lose 
if the universe goes free. Okay. So that their their objective, their work, their thing that they want to have is they are fighting with all the tools in their vast arsenal to maintain the status quo. Yeah. Yeah. And it's direct opposition with the the ship. Everybody else. Yes. With yeah. the ship and yeah. And the artists, all the, the groups. other groups. Yeah, <laughs> all of the other groups that you mentioned. Yeah. Um so I've already mentioned two uh, villains and one antagonist and then the other two are the first the group of the shadowed teenagers trying to solve and then the the fact that one of them per book is going to have the hero yes. uh, part so my last one is kind of up in the air uh, a nerdy good to, a nerdy goody two shoes which was probably me a lot of the time in in school, uh, but not you know bullied or anything. Uh, nerdy good, goody two shoes. Pontac Wen sees the main characters, you know the the group, doing things that doesn't fit, like seeing things that are suspicious, watching watching them do certain things and taking the wrong inference from okay, what they're so, doing okay uh, so i would if you can include in that first group ignorant outsider um because okay. yeah a nerdy goody two-shoes ignorant outsider which then you know defines a little bit more clearly yeah i'll take out the pontac one part yeah okay so nerdy goody two-shoes ignorant outsider um so, yeah, the the obstacle for him is obviously that he doesn't know what the hell is going on, mm-hmm. what it is that they're doing, what their goal is. So he's suspicious of the group and becomes more so at each turn. Nice. Nice. Yeah. That is a very, very good conflict. Yes, and he is an antagonist. For at least a while. I don't know what I want as far as his desired outcome. I don't know what I want as far as the action, you know, yeah. goes well, for his end. You you can leave that up in the air. In the, in the final thing, you can say, can either um, embrace reality or... Um, embrace ignorance. Embrace ignorance, yeah. Yeah, because I figured I would leave that one blank just period because I like the idea of not knowing where this dude's going to go. But I can, I like the idea of also putting in the two options. So I'm writing, can either embrace reality or ignorance. Yeah. And that way, and you can always do that with your octopus map. You don't have to um, determine the final outcome of your series completely in advance now you know i knew from the very beginning that my guys were going to beat slavery yeah you had a mission kind of with your your stories right like it was all all of them had this central theme and were working towards this one particular resolution right your series is very different in that each story is 
can stand alone. Yeah. And that there is no requirement for an end to the series. This could just be one of those long running series with a hundred books, like, you know, an Agatha Christie thing. Yeah, um, I was thinking like kind of like Lawrence Block's um Scudder novels, only <laughs> not yeah. so dark. But oh, no. <laughs> you know, it's and also not the same main character every time. But right. it's just, it was this kind of like, each can stand alone, but as you read them, if you read them in order, then you get this deeper feeling for each and every character. And then you also see the return of certain things that come back, and you see their knowledge of the paranormal growing yeah. and getting a little bit, they're getting a little bit better at their job and stuff too. Mm -hmm. But with this map built now, you can, with great confidence, go in knowing that if you hit your elements... Uh, the story will you know, work out, that you will get a story that fits within the series and that does not wander off track and get lost in the weeds. And uh, Yeah, uh, because I think we've all read books where the, the series starts off phenomenal, phenomenally, and mm -hmm. then as you read it, this it starts to slip, and it feels like the author lost the point of the series. And you start to lose what you loved about the characters or yeah. sometimes some things might get bitter or, you know, it, it, it gets, it loses its tone or it explodes and everybody has a million capabilities and nothing means <laughs> anything anymore. Right. The point of the octopus map for, for Holly when she included it in this course too, in the how to write a series course, um, it, it was to help, keep you from doing that it, it's partially to help keep your focus on what the entire series is about right right and as long as you can do that you can write as many books as you need to write knowing well this this series is about a mysterious ancient spaceship transporting freedom and rebellion while disguised as, as its opposite i knew i had to end it in six i knew mm -hmm. I, I knew that but if I hadn't known that, I would have still had that core that told me, okay, well, is this story about that? Yeah. If it's not about that, then it doesn't belong in this series. Yeah. I, I do like the idea that we took two completely different kind of things. Like you had a very tight, very specific series with a very specific set of episodes that you wanted to do. And, and it was it had a very solid ending that was built from the beginning. Yeah. Mine is more of an exploratory kind of episodic feel where you can go through and it's, it's a new bad guy every episode and it's a, it's a new paranormal investigation. It's a new, you know, one of, one of the, one of the set protagonists, but the entire group is still in there. It, it's a, like I said, it gave me kind of the Buffy vibes but only because the the basic premise is the same, but they're not always fighting evil. They're not fighting this, right. this weird insect thing or well, whatever. Well, it, it gives me kind of a Nancy Drew Hardy Boys vibe, which, you know, kind of dates me because I read yeah. a lot of those. Um, but again, those, you know, but not sucky. Because <laughs> if you read those as an adult, they don't hold up at all. Um, and this has enough really cool stuff in there to be readable by adults, but still be fun for people in the age group about which it's written. 
Yeah, it kind of just I just love the idea of of the the hero changing each book. Yeah. Because it's not something that, that you would have seen. Buffy was always the main character. Mm-hmm. Or, um, I mean, sometimes you would have something from somebody else's point of view, obviously. But yeah. I just like the idea of really delving into all of these different teenage lives. You know, I don't know. Yeah. It's just, it seems like a lot of fun and... Well- there were there were times when Xander or Willow would get the big part of yes. you know of an episode, which I always loved because I loved I loved those little side tricks into yes. the other lives. Yeah, know, well, or, when you're a person who loves character and who writes character based fiction, you like it when you can watch an episode with another character's point of view. It's mm-hmm. it's just just. Joss is definitely I'm I am i am a fangirl because his his stuff is very, very character based and you know, watching something like Firefly, it's it's inspiring and and yet depressing, but because it didn't yeah, get enough. But didn't get enough. But it's inspiring to see very much how character based he he is. And uh Cabin in the Woods was a play on a whole bunch of different character tropes and it was mm-hmm. It was a and lot brilliant. of fun. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. really was. Um, yeah. So is there anything else before the takeaway? Um, I don't think so. I think we have done a couple of, you know, pretty decent demonstrations of how you use this, you know, of how you build it. And then, you know, a little bit of talking about how you use it. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, again, just remember, get your get your Halloween episodes in or Halloween fan fiction, flash fiction in as soon as possible. Uh, I've got a bunch that I have to go through the last couple of days. I have been just absolutely doing nothing but trying to get the book finished and ready for the Kindle to go through its approval and, and review stage and stuff like that. So I am going to be hitting the flash friction today. If you have not gotten any notification from me, I do apologize. I have been very, very busy. But this is, this again, it just goes to show how much time the podcast does take oh, because yeah. I've got tons of flash fiction that I still have to go through and I I had to put the priority on the book. It, 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 it has to be a priority for me to get my fiction out because otherwise why am I on a fiction podcast in the first <laughs> place? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's, I, I have to go through them. Remember you have until the first to get your initial, initial, um, uh, flash fiction piece into me. We're getting pretty, you know, it's the 25th right now. So we're getting pretty close to the, to the yeah, deadline. Um, and we, we do, we love you guys and we're sorry that there is some sad news, but just look at it in a positive note that that we have so many episodes that if you haven't listened to all of them, you can go back and you can, you can always come into the forums. You can always talk to all of the people at hollyswritingclasses.com and the classes are still going to be there. We still can pop into the forums and have a chat with people. Oh yeah. Our, our focus is, is now going to be on our fiction and I, I, I hope that we have made enough of a difference for some people that, we've encouraged you and that you've started taking steps to becoming the writer you want to be. That, that's beautiful. Yes. And the, the thing, 
the thing I would like to emphasize here as we slide on out of this, um, but I mean, we still got a few more uh, fiction, non nonfiction, how to how to do this episodes coming. But before we go today, just realize that you can't finish something you never start. So the first thing you got to do, grab your courage, you know, pull up your socks, jump in and just start writing. And it's okay if it sucks. First draft always sucks. Yeah, you got to suck first before you get to be Lawrence Block or yes. Shakespeare. I mean, you have to suck before you get to be be good. Yeah. You have to fail to succeed. Yes. So, and and you just fail fast. <laughs> you you fail on small things as you learn techniques, you build bigger, you take a chance, you believe in yourself. You believe, you know what? This is really hard right now. But if I keep at this and if I write through all the sucky stuff, I will get better and I can do this and you can do this. Okay. Just, just start because until you start, you can't finish. Yeah. We'll have the worksheet and it will be with the show notes. It is a downloadable thing that Holly created specifically, you know, for this. Apparently I, I didn't know she was going to do like a, a new version so that's pretty cool so you guys are going to get a, a new version that helps explain the the octopus map and the story uh, core and whatnot <laughs> it does but i will note that as always listening to the episode is probably going to be much more helpful than reading yeah. the instructions in the worksheet yeah it's definitely just... listen because <laughs> we also give you the examples and everything too we're yeah. not uploading our our things i i have got limited time right now so right right so um yeah, so that, that has been our episode on the octopus map. I hope that this has helped you guys. If it, You might need to download the, the worksheet and kind of listen as we go through a second, you know, listen a second time as we go through. Stop after each part, kind of figure out your own section, and then listen as we go through each part individually. Yeah, each leg. And, yeah, and, and just fill out your own octopus map feel free to share it feel free to ask any questions in the in the podcast forum it's clearly labeled our podcast alone in a room with invisible people find this episode it's going to be labeled octopus map so it's going to have octopus map in the title anyway and then just go in there and ask your questions tell us where you felt confused anything like that and uh, just you know the, the community is fantastic and we're all here to help so thank you very much for listening. We love you guys. Uh, we're sorry about the the kind of sad news, but just just try to look at it as a in a pos- positive light for Holly, that you know she's gonna be focusing on her fiction. You know it's it's a big deal, and she's got a lot of fiction that she wants to get out. So just try try to do, you know, your best to support her. And you know, and the old episodes are still gonna be there. Yeah, they're always going to be there. You guys can can go back and listen to anything that you haven't. You can always ask questions. And as you grow, the the, the forums are still going to be there. They're hollyswritingclasses.com. And, and the we website hope, and the yeah. worksheets. <laughs> yeah, and and, and the, the Alone in a Room with Invisible People worksheet, the uh, worksheets, the um, classes are all going to be there. It, it's We're not going anywhere. We're just not doing the podcast anymore. Right. Yeah. So um, we love you guys, and we hope that uh, this has been a helpful episode. Holly? And thank you for listening. And, you know, 
thank you for joining us and thank you for letting us talk about writing. And, you know, like I said, we still have some more episodes and we still have the Halloween thing coming up. Um, but it is a privilege to be able to do this. And I appreciate the time that you have given us. And, uh, yeah, you know, thank you. Thank you. And I appreciate you understanding that uh, girls got to write. 